0: Hey, this is Pastor Elijah This is Pastor Rob And we are back again for episode 2 of Somebody's Gotta Say It Somebody's Gotta Say It So you know we gonna say it Again, uh, this is our second episode. We appreciate everyone for listening in and we're going to continue to do this on a weekly basis and just come out with new stuff, new subjects to talk about. There's always so much to talk about
1: in this world, right? Well, we text each other all the time. We got to do it. Somebody's got to say it because there's so much going on in our world today. And today's episode is titled Sodom and Gomorrah Reloaded. Um, it's not like it wasn't a very hard uh, title to come up with when you when you when you kind of see the landscape of what's going on here. Right,
0: exactly. Because we are seeing some similarities to where we live today and Sodom and Gomorrah.
1: We're gonna talk about Sodom and Gomorrah, and and, and Elijah gonna kind of kick it off, and we'll we'll, we'll both kind of just talk about Sodom and Gomorrah. But I'll tell you what they used to do is is they used to say Las Vegas was compared to Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, Las Vegas is you know the city of sin and and all these things that they do in Las Vegas, and then. Recently, people would say, oh, well, California is becoming Sodom and Gomorrah. But beyond that now, America is becoming Sodom and Gomorrah. Back in the days, it was like you had to go to a specific
0: place like Las Vegas to visit and get a piece of Sodom and Gomorrah. But now it's
1: all over. Walk out your front door. Yeah, exactly. You look at how bad Sodom and Gomorrah was. The stuff that was going on back then is happening now like tenfold.
0: Exactly. And let me give you a little bit of context to what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah at the time. See, God had just visited Abraham and told him he was going to have a son. And then God went on to say in Genesis chapter 18, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grave, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me. And if not, I will know. Now, it's not like God was really needing to go down there and check out to see what was going on. He knew. But, you know, speaking of Abraham, he was letting Abraham know that he was going to go destroy this place because of its wickedness. And what happens? Abraham begins to plead with God. Now, remember, Abraham had a cousin named Lot that lived in the city of Sodom. If you remember, Abraham and Lot went their separate ways and Lot ended up settling in Sodom. So I imagine Abraham's thinking about this. So Abraham pleads to God, if there are 50 people who are righteous still in the city, would you spare it? And God said, yeah, if there are 50 people righteous within the city, I will spare all the place for their sakes. And Abraham said, well, what if there are 45? And God said, I'll I'll spare it for 45. And they kept going back and forth until um, Lot asked about 10 people and the Lord said look if there are 10 people I won't destroy it but there's not 10 and the reality is there was only one person in the city that was righteous and it was Lot so then the two angels went into Sodom to get Lot and his family and remove them out of the city before God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah and what happens these men in the town see the angels and they go try to attack them. They tried to attack them. They tried to rape them. And Lot ends up trying to offer up his daughters and they didn't want the daughters. They wanted the men. They go inside of Lot's house and they're trying to break down the door to get to Lot and these two angels. Now, the angels ultimately got Lot out of the city. Um, Lot's son-in-law stayed, but Lot's daughters went with him. His wife went with him. His wife ended up turning around. You know the story. She turns into a pillar of salt, and there you go, (laughs) and God destroys the city. Now, some of the similarities that we see with where we are today and Sodom and Gomorrah is the huge number of people who are a part of the wickedness that was going on in the city. In verse 4 in chapter 19, it says, Now before They lay down the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. Now you have the entire city, all the men, old and young, who went out there to rape these two men that entered into their city. Everybody was on board. And when we look around in our country, it almost seems like everybody is on board with evil, except we have Christians who are still here and Christians who are standing. But even that's starting to look a little scarce because we don't have a lot of people who are willing to do what it takes to combat these things. Now, imagine if half of the city would have stood up against that and fought these men off. For one, they wouldn't have been able to get as close as they could to Lot's house, but there was no one. And America will become Sodom and Gomorrah reloaded right for God's judgment if no one stands up. And I thank God that there are more than 10 righteous. And God's judgment is righteous. A lot of people think that when God judges, he's judging and he's being evil, right?
1: But he's not. God wasn't trying to be evil. He was just trying to get to the point like, hey, well... Where are all these people in the city that are righteous? And there wasn't. There was only one.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because if you look at those numbers, God said he wouldn't destroy it if there were 50
1: righteous. Now,
0: imagine if there were only 50 righteous people in the United States. And we wonder why God hasn't destroyed us yet. So anyway...
1: Yeah. So as I was thinking about this today, in a couple of verses that uh, I was studying coming into the show, it's crazy. Psalm uh, chapter nine, verse fifteen says this. Like, check check this out. This is crazy. This if this doesn't speak about what's happening today, I don't know. what was uh, Psalm nine, verse fifteen says, "The nations have sunk down in the pit which they made." Wow. You think about the pit we've made here in America. What we're doing. What we're teaching our kids. What we are seeing today with our own eyes. Yeah. And and it's and is it's a pit that we have made. So it says the nations have sunk down in the pit which they have made. In the net which they hid, their own foot is caught. Wow! The Lord is known by the judgment he executes. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. Not that we're we're heading that way. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Wow, that's a big one right there. For the needy shall not always be forgotten. The expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. Verse 19 says, arise, O Lord, do not let man prevail. Let the nations be judged in your sight. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations, listen to this part, that the nations may know themselves to be but man. Wow. We have forgotten about all of that stuff. I mean, we you you look at uh, you look at that. All uh, it says, uh, uh, "The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God." We, have for all intents and purposes, have forgotten God. Amen. As an, as a nation, we've we've taken God out of the schools, we've taken him out of the courts, we've taken him out of homes, and we are replacing God with false stuff. I'm sorry, transgenderism, these drag queens. Every time you turn around, it's in your face now. And this is what we have replaced the true and living God with.
0: Right, exactly. And you you go all the way back to the sexual revolution in the 60s, and there was already things creeping into the curriculum in the schools and all these things. And look where we are today where... People were saying back in 2008 when we had the decision in California against Prop 8 where they said, if we go down this path, and this was a vote on same-sex marriage, if we go down this path, then eventually it will lead to where we are today. And it's almost like prophecy was fulfilled, but we are falling off fast. And one of the biggest issues that we have today is we just don't have enough people taking a stand against the things that are going on Mm -mm. in this country. And when you think about Lot, as the angels came to remove Lot and his family, because, you know, in the Bible, you don't see God's wrath being poured out on the righteous. God removes Lot. Lot is actually called a righteous man. Well, God removed him out of those cities. And even when his wife turned back, it says that she turned into a pillar of salt. Now, I don't know if that was a nuclear attack that God launched on on Sodom, but she turned back and poof, be gone. (laughs)
1: Just, white, oh, yeah. just a, hey. Look, your wife is a white, powdery substance yeah. now.
0: I guess that was the first instance of somebody really
1: being salty. Yeah. That was well, corny. Well, <laughs> what, what's that one when you get to heaven? Ask Lot to pass the salt? That's probably not a good wow. one. That, but, um, but yeah, I mean, but that's, again, that's the thing is, is when God tells us not to do something, we shouldn't do it. O- obedience to God. I keep telling people all the time, obedience is the word for a lifetime. There's a word that comes before obedience, and that is discipline. You have to discipline yourself to be obedient. Right. And so we need to be obedient to God. But again, as as a nation, we have gone away from that. We are trying to do things on our own. And this is why he said, oh, Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be. But man, we forget we're putting money towards climate change now, like. That is God. So you think the more money that we put towards climate change, hurricanes are going to die down. Earthquakes aren't going to happen anymore. Then we're not going to have these uh, heat waves that we've been having. Come on, people, wake up, man. Wake up. Yeah, because we
0: know how it's going to end. If your eschatology is correct, like ours, we know that God is going to eventually destroy the earth. Now, that doesn't mean we aren't good stewards of the earth, but at the end of the day, all these efforts to save the earth, are in vain because God is going to eventually destroy this wicked earth, and we're putting all the efforts into the wrong things because it is not greenhouse gases that that's causing the downfall of our world. Right, what's causing the downfall is the moral decay. Right, and again, you have those two angels that came in to remove Lot and his family, and wh- what happened? The men started hitting on them. Yeah, and it got so bad that Lot. Offered up his daughters so they would not basically rape these angels, which wouldn't have happened, but right. ultimately, God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. I think that when you look at our country and the climate that we're in, we're moving towards God's judgment really, really, oh. really fast.
1: Really fast. Yeah,
0: and you're right because this country, obviously, America had scars in the past. We could talk about. Uh, a world that was just immersed in in slavery and that was the culture and it came to the United States of America but we abolished that we moved towards uh, the civil rights and God was a part of all that the liberation of the slaves, the freedom of man, the people being created in the image of God man who were governing themselves and all of a sudden we move God out of everything yep so you think about we move God out of, all of our policies and out of the schools and we we switch directions and we start going downhill fast. Here we are today in a society that is full of moral decay. Kind of like Sodom and Gomorrah.
1: Yeah, that's, that's why, like I said earlier, that's... This episode wasn't really hard to, to name when you think about the things that we're going to talk about today because we have become Sodom and Gomorrah, and we have, I mean, we've we we have decayed. and And a, a first thing we could talk about real quick is is our own state. You guys, as you guys know, wherever you're listening from, uh, Elijah and I are in California, yeah. um, and we are we're in the firestorm. To be honest with you, we have a governor that is just he's taking power into his own hands. Like I believe he is not just pitching for his reelection in California. I believe he is really starting to pitch his presidency. I believe he's going to run for for president. And I'll, and I'll tell you why right now, Newsom put um, abortion tourism billboards in seven States. He's trying to get his reelection plan in place. And he announced just this past Thursday that his campaign has paid for all these billboards in these seven States. And he he he's so smug about it. This is crazy. He he's he's so smug and he's power hungry, and it, and it's about abortion. It's about killing children, babies, and he is just like fired up about it. So he tweeted this to the Texas Governor Greg Abbott. He says this: this will be uh, this will be launching. He's telling Abbott this: this will be launching in your state today, and it says Texas doesn't own your body. You do. That's what he put. That's a billboard going up in Texas. And then he also tweeted this. He said, just launched billboards in seven of the most restrictive anti-abortion states that explain how women can access care no matter where they live. To any woman seeking an abortion in, in these anti-freedom states, California will defend your right to make decisions about your own health. That, wow. That's. That, I mean, he's putting these on billboards.
0: Right. You know, the governor is a reflection of a lot of the people out here in these big cities. Yep. Yeah. You know, um, who constantly vote for him. And I heard someone say, and this was about the presidency, but I think it's also about state governments. Every four years, that's what they said about the presidency. The White House is a reflection of its people in the nation. Yeah. (laughs) And I think in California... It's difficult because a lot of people who are listening are believers. So when we look at each other and we're having conversations amongst ourselves, it seems like, wow, man, we have a lot of people that are just godly, that are fighting a good fight. And I remember when the recall Newsom campaign Mm -hmm. hit and everybody went out and voted and we had all these people rallying. We got whooped. Yeah, we did. <laughs> it was sad. Now, I don't know if that's just the indication of people who just didn't want to get out there and vote, or it's a reflection of what we are as a state and how far that we have moved away from God. It's all of it.
1: It's all the, of the above. Right, all of a, the above. A, B, C, D, all the way because to C. It's all of that stuff. past election, you know, when we did all the pre, not the— Yeah, the primaries. primary <laughs> sorry. Um of Christians went out and voted because some Christians believe that you should not mix politics and Jesus. But... The funny thing is this guy has made abortion his main focus for his campaign. Uh, we're talking about Newsom now yeah. in, in California, not only here, but his message is going nationwide. as is, is like I said, he's getting ready for a presidential run. But here's the thing, Elijah. This is what he's putting on the billboard. You talk about some Christians that don't want to mix politics with church. They think they're, they they should be separate. Now, I'm mm-hmm. not saying you need to come and preach a sermon on politics on a Sunday. No, I'm not saying that. But when you have people like Jack Hibbs who aren't afraid to stand up, you got people like Rob McCoy that aren't, they're not afraid to stand up. The people that are saying, well, we don't want to mix church and politics. The politicians have no problem doing it. Right. They have zero problem doing and people are listening to them more because they're actually speaking out against it. This is what he's writing on these billboards. You ready for this? Mark 1231, love your neighbor as yourself. That's what's on his billboards. Wow. It's
0: interesting because the closest neighbor a woman can have is the baby in her belly. That's it. That's not her body. That's right. (laughs) That's interesting. Woe to those who call evil good and good Good evil. evil. Yep. And that's where we are today in our society. This reminds me of when um, the Jews went into captivity in Egypt. Yep. And when you start the book of Exodus in the first chapter, it talks about a new pharaoh. And this pharaoh did not know... Joseph. So he saw these people who were growing mighty, who were prosperous, and he didn't know them. And guess what? He didn't know their God. He just knew that they were a prosperous people who could outnumber the Egyptians because these people did not proclaim what had happened before and reminding them of the history of how Joseph, who was their forefather, brought them out of the famine. This guy didn't know about that. And he's seen these people growing prosperous. And what does he do? He goes and enslaves those people, and that's how they go into captivity. And see, they were doing their thing. They had their little section over in Egypt. They weren't proclaiming their God, the truth, or the testimony about what God had done with them, so the society didn't know about that, and they went right into captivity and became slaves in Egypt. (laughs) Even when they came out of Egypt, that whole generation had to die off before they go into the promised land because they brought so much Egypt with them. And it's a picture of how as Christians, we have the truth and we need to be proclaiming the truth to the world and keep the truth in the forefront of people's minds. Or people will forget about the truth. We ultimately become slaves in the society. And even when people escape society, look at the sin in the church. We have brought Egypt into the church. That's why when you talk about Christians getting into politics, again, we talked about this in our last podcast that politics affects policy and the policy affects the morality of the state. And ultimately the policy will affect the church. I know we want to switch gears a little bit from the abortion stuff that Gavin Newsom has been uh, spreading across the different states, but our state also has this Bill, it's SB107. It's expanding child gender-affirming health care.
1: Read that again. Expanding
0: child gender-affirming health
1: care. Gender-affirming health care. Audience, if you don't know what that is, that is called putting a really pretty bow on sin. They had to come up with a fancy little uh, word for it so it sounds attractive. This is ugly, you guys. This is ugly. Right. And what it's saying is California will become a sanctuary
0: state for children who live in other states who are seeking gender-affirming health care. Gender-affirming health care includes irreversible hormone therapy and transgender surgery. So this will become a state that if you're in a different state that doesn't allow for children to cut off their body parts in order to match what's going on in their mind, you can come over to California.
1: My thing is this. If you think you're a unicorn, do you just go and start doing unicorn things man
0: I, all i know is i hear a lot of people calling each other dogs you yeah. know what i'm saying dog yeah yeah, but yeah, I, yeah i better not ever catch one of my neighbors pooping in my front right lawn. well i mean <laughs> and that's how you go confront him and it's like what do you dog. think
1: uh satan one of the first things he attacked yeah he attacked your mind he's Absolutely. coming after your mind I think it was in um, Warren Wearsby's book, uh, The Strategy Strategy of of Satan. Satan. He talks about that. He said, the reason why Satan comes after your mind is because we are created in the image of God. Our mind is the same thing. So, and the Bible has a lot to say about the mind. So, he's going to attack the mind. He's going to make you think that you're something that you're not. And it's convincing. You might be thinking that tonight. And you're saying, well, you know, this is how I feel. And then Satan comes along and he's starting to reaffirm it. And you know, you're kind of struggling with it, but then you you look around nowadays, you can't go to, I won't go to Disneyland. I'm sorry, I will never go to Disneyland yeah. again. I I'm, mean I'm just, we'll do a whole episode on, yeah, Disney. on Disneyland. Yeah, that'll that'll take up a Disney whole episode in general. But the thing is is I don't want that stuff thrown in my face. Right. I don't want I don't want it and but that's what's happening. Again, last episode was called the grooming. We called it the grooming because that is what's taking place. So if you're having those thoughts tonight or people have those thoughts, what happens is you think about it, you think about it, and then you're starting to be groomed into believing it. They're telling you that it's okay if you feel that way. God just made you that way. No, I'm sorry. I'm going to tell you guys right now. If God made you a man, you're a man. I don't care what you cut off or what you do. You are a man. Yep.
0: A hundred years from now, when they dig your bones up, they're going to be like, after we check this DNA and this bone structure, that was a man. That's
1: right. doesn't matter how many wigs you wore when you were (laughs) alive. But I mean, it's getting crazy though, because they're saying that men can breastfeed too. It's impossible. Right. It's impossible.
0: We're witnessing 1984 in mm. real life with the Man. double talk and the changing of definitions. Nothing means anything anymore. Nope. Like when you watch Matt Walsh's film What is a Woman? Yeah, they could not come up with a definition of woman. And it's like, well, what are you transitioning into? What is the point of even having a transgender woman if we don't know what a woman is?
1: But see, the funny thing is is we can't even talk about transgender phobia or whatever it's Mm -hmm. called. You know, I'm sorry, you guys. I'm going to say it. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with transgenderism. I don't agree with any of it because God made you a a boy. You're a boy. If God made you a girl, you're a girl. Like Elijah said, whatever you do, when they do your DNA, it's going to be the same. That's because God is the creator of all things. God creates things and he created you tonight in his own image. So if, if you're a boy, I'm sorry, you could, like you said, put, put lipstick put on, on, yeah, all that stuff, and you're, you're still dude. a boy, you're a guy, sorry, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm, you're, you'll never, I don't care what you do. Yeah, and this goes back to what
0: Rob was saying about Satan attacking the mind, because the mind is where we process truth, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And what was the first thing that Satan attacked Eve with? The yep. truth, what, the God didn't say this. Now, we know that God said his word is true. Right. And if God has said it, you know, it's automatically true. But that's exactly what the Satan's going to do. He's going to try to confuse you, right? And we know that he is the author of confusion. It. And that's what he's doing. He's causing so much confusion in our society that people no longer know what a woman is.
1: If you guys really want a good book to read, I'm going through it right now. It's by Glenn Beck, and it's called The Great Reset. And I'm telling you guys, all of this stuff is heading towards that way. The whole Great Reset, I mean, you could you could sum it up in one thing. It, it is power. It's power hungry. These people want power. That's why these, I'm not just saying Democrats. I'm talking about politicians. Yeah, politicians. Politicians, they, they stick around for all this stuff because they want right. more power and more power. Now, it's becoming more evident because you're seeing these people that are in the White House in that administration um, they're just like, hey, we're going to change this. We're going to change this. And here again, again in California, Newsom just signed a bill yesterday about the social media that basically you can't say anything negative no. or misinformation because he's going to have, you know, I don't I I guess I have to read the whole thing, but I don't know what he's going to do. Do we get a slap in the hand? Do we go to jail? I mean, I don't know. But this is why voting is important and voting matters, because these people are going to come in and what they want to do is they want to trample on. The Constitution. They want to eliminate the Constitution so they can do what they want and say what they want. Oh, that's not happening. Really? That's happening right before our eyes. It's just we don't want to see it. Because we don't want to see mean tweets, we don't want to see how somebody said something about this person, said th- something about that person. Listen, you guys, we have to wake up. We have to see what's going on. They are just saying things, and they're like Biden can say something or Newsom can say something, and it could be something outlandish, All right? But people believe it,
0: right? And that's another trick of the enemy. Yep. When you look at a lot of these empires in the Bible, you hear basically demonic forces yeah. behind these people who are sitting on the thrones and these kingdoms. And I imagine that that still goes on today. We know that antichrist won't be revealed depending on your eschatology. Uh, What we believe is after the church has been removed, but we know that the spirit of antichrist is here. Because when you think about all these things that are going on, they're truly antichrist, which means they're anti-God and anti-biblical. When the world is anti God, we need to be pro-God and we need to be speaking out. Like, I don't know how many times I'm going to say that in this podcast, but it comes down to somebody's got to say it. We got to stand up for the truth in our country. And like you said, it's politicians. We're not here to support the Republicans or the Democrats. I think that in our day and age, when you vote, you have to figure out the politician that has Values that match yours, and ours are biblical values. But you also have to observe people. Like there are people who are blatantly doing evil things. Oh yeah, like, Gavin Newsom is—he's definitely one of the guys mm. leading the way for these evil anti-God policies. But there are people who even wear the name of Christ, and they have a R in front of their name. But there's some subtle ways that they have influence on the church and we back them, and if you look at their policies, there's just a little bit of compromise. A little bit of compromise eventually pushes you off course. Somebody once said that you would never let anybody drive you off course, but people let people nudge them off course all the time, just a little bit, just a little bit here. And I get it. We want to vote for the lesser of two evils, evils, but you always got to remember, in the words of Ron Paul... (laughs) The, the lesser of two evils is still evil.
1: <laughs> That's right. Right now we're talking about Newsom and his ways. And guys, we're not, I'm not picking on the guy I nah. said last time in the last show. I, if he came out and said tomorrow, what I was doing is wrong, and I just accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I'll tell you what, I'd be excited. That's another one going to the kingdom. Um, you know. But we're to be praying for our politicians, and yeah. we're to be praying for these people. But we're talking about what we see right now. You heard about DeSantis, right? Uh, He was taking the migrants and he was putting them on planes and flying them to Martha's Vineyard. I'm sorry, you guys, that's hilarious. It's actually legendary. But because that's another thing, they're throwing this stuff in our face with the people that are coming across the border. So him and Abbott are are flying these people to Martha's Vineyard. Well, they're doing it. Florida and Texas are doing it. But again, our governor, he's got to say something. And so what he did on Thursday, he wrote a letter to the Department of Justice, telling them that they need to investigate DeSantis and Abbott for kidnapping and sending these people up to, and again, when people say that, they they believe it. Now, here's the thing. I just got, I have to play you. It's hilarious. I've got to play you DeSantis' uh, response to this. Now, again, Newsom calls the Department of Justice on these guys or, or writes a letter, and here, here is DeSantis' reaction. I love it. The governor of California um, sent a letter to the Department of Justice saying you need to prosecute Texas and Florida governors and all I can say is um, I think his hair gel is interfering with his brain function. <laughs> that's just so legendary. I'm telling you it's so hilarious. I'm sorry you guys. Yeah. I just find it funny. Yeah, I don't even know what to <laughs> say. About- <laughs> but that's the thing. Ron DeSantis is not afraid to stand up for what is true and what right. is right. You guys I'm not trying to make this a political show. I'm Actually, saying Christians, this is for you. We have got to get out, and we've got to vote. God gave us that right to right. vote, and we have got to exercise it. Please, please, don't sit home another year and and say, "Well, you know what? I'll let somebody else, I'll let Pastor Rob and Pastor Elijah say," because their podcast is called "Somebody's Got to Say It." No, we're here to encourage you to say it. Right, and.
0: We got to be careful of the the enemy. He's so deceptive. Yes. Because when it comes to the church, sometimes if we don't have our guard up, it's easy to play on our heartstrings. Like yeah. we love doing charity. We love people. We know that people are created in the image of God. And what politicians like to do is they create a checklist and they start off with the things that pull heartstrings like immigration. We know that everybody who comes across the border is made in the image of God. Yes. So what they'll do is they'll talk to the church about it. They'll talk to people. And then there'll be debates in the church about immigration and those types of things. And both myself and Rob, we believe in legal immigration. I think that people ought to come to this country. That's what we're built on, but a legal way.
1: You think about New York. Yeah. Now, New York is... Sadly, declining yeah. by the second. But you think of the 19—we'll just say like the 1930s and 40s, you know, up until now. New York was developed by immigrants. Yeah. Italians and Puerto Ricans and, and I mean, I don't know all the—, the All the, the different—just the, the, uh, a, a bunch of different people from yeah. other
0: countries who came and built. Right. I mean, ultimately, the majority of people who live in the United States or came here at— one point were immigrants, yeah. but the way that they pull on our heartstrings, they put this at the top of the list to get you on that side. That's right. It's kind of like the charity thing. That's right. Like we know that we have people who are poor in this country, and what they'll sell you on is that, hey, we need to help these people. We need to create policies, and the reality is all these things that they're pulling your heartstring about, Christian, that should have nothing to do With the government. That's the thing that the church should be doing, right? Yeah. We should be out there feeding the poor and helping these people out. And when you think about it, in the past, we built the first orphanages. We started nursing. We were on the front lines of all these things. And it's an easy cop-out to say, okay, we don't have to do it anymore. Let's let the government do it. Right. And that's what we have to be watchful of. Because once you start going off the checklist, okay, made in the image of God, check. Help these people who are poor, check then you go down the list and it's like we don't even know what a woman is check and you just don't realize once you look past those heartstring issues there are deeper issues that are completely anti-god yeah that are further down on the checklist but those become the most important issues when it comes to morality
1: yeah we've sat by idly for quite some time now and yeah, I mean, we're in the predicament that we're in as far as how our country is going and how God has been removed and everything. And they start taking all these statues down and, and all these things. Listen, if you want to see God back in the schools, get out and vote. Right. Again, it's not, well, politics don't belong in the church, you know, but you know what? Right and wrong, they're out in the world and they're out in the church. Where did right and wrong come from? I asked people right. that. They said the police. no. Right and wrong came from God. (laughs) Right and wrong came from God. So we know what right and wrong is. Because I'm telling you right now, Christian, if you're out there right now and you're complaining about what's going on in this nation and you haven't got out and voted, then you need to sit in silence. And you need to suffer in silence. You need to stay quiet because you have not gone out and done anything. I'm telling you, if you want to see change, I'm quoting the prophet Michael Jackson it starts with the man in the mirror. You have <laughs> got to go out, and you got to be that change. I know, but I vote, but the, the bad guys still win. No, yeah. listen, as as Christians, we don't fight for victory. We fight from it. We yeah. already know how it's going to end. Yeah. We know we get to go home, but until then, right? We need to. We need to stand up for what is right. We need to stand up for these children that are being aborted. We need to stand up for these children that are being indoctrinated with all this sin. And parents, yeah. you got to get out into your school boards. You've got to get out into these PTA meetings or the school board meetings, and you need to let your voice be heard. They don't want you to come to those. They don't want you to come and say things because guess what? When you go in there and you speak your voice, you are becoming a problem to them. Yeah. But when you're silent, they're good with
0: it. Yeah, And I think there's a deeper reason to get out there and let your voice be heard. What happens if every one of us Christians, 100% of the people vote and we still lost? Or there's an election that's stolen or something like that. What happens? The one thing that happens is you are reminded, like the prophet Elijah was reminded, that there are so many more people that have the same position as you at the same time. How many people are out in California right now? Oh, I know gosh. at one point it was like 35 million. I, I think there's more than that now. But in let's, California? Just, let's just, yeah, let's just, well, work with, let's there's just, a lot of them that have left. Yeah. So we got to,
1: <laughs> you got to minus that down. Well,
0: let's just talk about 35 million. Okay. Let's eliminate half of those because yeah. of their kids. Yeah. Right. So let's, let's say about 17 million adults who are eligible to vote. Let's just say the entire church showed up. Oh, man. And you had 10 million. Votes. Wow. You mess around in California, you get 10 million Christian votes and then you end up with like 40 million non-Christian votes. Right. But what you'll see is even if the election is stolen, that there are 10 million people who have the same view as you. And we are a community right. of people because even if we lost, to know that we have an entire group of righteous people who are willing to stand up and do something brings confidence right back to the church right. on the front lines. And, and it's interesting because, again, we need more than just the pastors speaking up about these issues. Right. We need every believer boldly proclaiming the truth in this Sodom and Gomorrah yep. type society.
1: Yep. It's the nation. It's the Sodom and Gomorrah nation. We're not even making an effort to try to change things. We're just right. sitting back and we're just watching things happen. Well, you know, I'm just going to sit here and wait for Jesus to come back. Okay. Well, we don't know that time and day. We don't know. That could be in 30 years. I may have said this on the last podcast, but I'm going to go ahead and say it again. If I repeat myself, I'm sorry. But if you're a new listener, if you haven't heard, the, heard this before, the reason why they're coming after your kids is because they can't convince us of this stuff. I grew up in the seventies and in the eighties and none of this stuff was even i mean i'm not saying there there wasn't that kind of stuff going on but now it's so in your face they've given sin a voice yeah and it's okay to tell your kids you know i'm a boy but i feel like i'm a girl and these parents you're either doing it because you're scared or you're just misinformed right or you don't want to stand up for for what it is um and if you're, if you're that parent tonight and you're not a believer in Jesus, I'm telling you, and you, you might be calling us crazy and you might have already turned this show off, but I'm just telling you right now, they're coming for your kids. Right. The
0: same spirit that's behind Sodom and Gomorrah is running throughout our entire Amen. society. And when Rob talks about they're coming for our children, they really are coming for our children. Yep. <laughs> I think it was last year during Pride Month, they came out with a song, we're coming for your children. Yes. Yeah. And yes. And you send your kids to public school. They're in a place where God is not allowed in, where they're learning all these different subjects. Then they come home and your kids are on the internet, unfiltered. And they're being influenced by ungodly people, you know, and then they turn on the TV and video games or watch Netflix. yep, And everything on there is giving them a, ungodly view of the world. Like if you don't think that they're coming for the children, they are. Yep. And here's the deal. We're not trying to replace the gospel with voting. Like we understand the most important thing is to change people's heart. But again, if you have a bullet coming at someone, you preach the gospel while you're trying to stop them from getting hit by the bullet. That's right. And the most vulnerable in society are the children. And we need to make sure that as believers that we protect the innocent victims in our society, which are these children yep. where the entire society has attacked them. Like it, this bill that we talked about, SB 107. You know, there were times when I was a kid, I, I thought I was a tiger. I thought I was a kung fu master. Yeah. <laughs> that, like even that. though that's achievable.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> but, Unicorns no, but kung fu, yes. And with that <laughs> bill, real quick, you guys, before I forget, you can take action. If you live in California, you can take action against SB 107. And what you do is you, you flood Gavin Newsom's office with phone calls to tell him to veto this thing. I'm telling you, if you're in California, please listen. I wish you can give a ding ding whoever's listening in California. I'm telling you this right now. This bill, it's not in the mailroom. It's not being drafted. This bill is on Gavin Newsom's desk right now to either be signed or to be vetoed. You if you are against this, you need to flood his office starting tomorrow or today start flooding his office with calls because he either vetoes it or he's going to sign it in. Um, Again, we we told you, man, we're going to talk about Jesus on here. We're going to talk about culture. We are going to talk about the landscape of America. And that's why Sodom and Gomorrah, we call it that because we see you just look at all the stuff that's going on. and, And it goes far beyond even what we just talked about. I believe, I believe, this is just me, Rob, I believe that too many churches are staying quiet. Now, I know, I, 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 I agree with you. It needs to be the the congregation that goes out. Jesus says, go. And, all of us. And, and, all of us Pastors. need to go. But the thing is, is if you're just quiet, how come these churches, and you knew a f- few of these churches, boy, they were so quick to jump on that critical race theory. Yeah. And, and social justice, the social justice gospel and all this right. stuff. But, What, you know, what's going on now? We're quiet. Some people are quiet on abortion. I know there's a person that told me one time, well, I don't really get into the abortion thing because I haven't had an abortion. I'm like, wow. And then she goes, and my friend has, and I don't really want to offend her. I'm like, uh, no, you need to offend her. You, I mean, now don't be mean. There's, there, there is forgiveness. If you haven't, you know, like we said last time, if you had an abortion, there is forgiveness. But listen, you guys, we've got to talk about these things. These things have got to be brought to light because the politicians and the people that aren't believers, they're the ones that have the loudest voices right now.
0: Right. And I think of just the entire story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot left that city with his family and his wife looked right. back, obviously, but with his daughters. God removes his people. He's not appointed his people to his wrath. Yep. But one day God's wrath is going to rain down on this nation and this entire world. And the question is, yeah, we can stay silent. Look, God is going to remove us. Praise God, we don't have to go through the wrath of God. Doesn't mean you're not going to go through tribulation. I'm not talking about the great tribulation, but just tribulation and trials in general. But like when it comes to God's wrath, we can say, yeah, you know what? It's good. It's not going to affect me. But as Christians, we can't be selfish. We need to pull as many people to our side as we can. We need to preach the gospel and We need to live out the gospel and speak truth to our society. People in the church should not be confused about the church's position on these issues. Right. And this is why we have to say it. This is why we have to speak out and be vocal on things like SB 107, because you'll have people in the church who support a person who supports these anti-biblical views, And then the world is looking at the church wondering, like, where are we supposed to land on these things? And if we don't give them a clear-cut view of what God believes about these things, if we're not pushing a biblical worldview, all they'll have is this evil, wicked, Sodom and Gomorrah-type worldview. That's right. When they're attacking angels. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I'll tell you what, the, the way I kind of look at America now, too, now, as we sit here right now, um, reminds me of um, Romans chapter one, verses uh, 24 to 26. He says, therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness and the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie. That's the lie of, of Satan and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of a woman burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. Basically, God's like, hey man, if you want to do this, I mean, he has been warning us for years, you guys. Years he's been telling us, hey, this is what you need to watch out for. Look at They're talking about that kind of stuff back then. Men giving up the natural attraction for a woman and going and being attracted to men. Yeah. Uh, this is what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah that night. They wanted to come in and they said, basically said, hey, where are these angels at, man? Because we want to rape them. Yeah. It says
0: God gave them over. Gave them. Which means everybody has some ungodly desire. But... Once you surrender to that desire, the Bible talks about these sins that so easily ensnared right. us. And the verse that you read in the beginning, Psalm nine fifteen, 15, yep. talked about that. Yep. Setting our own traps. <laughs> and we're digging. And, and,
1: We've and, dug this pit. America has dug this pit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we are willingly going into that falling into that pit we're willingly going there no one's no one's nudging us like we talked about no one's pushing us we are just we've dug this pit and we're willingly going in that pit right, right
0: now i'm a citizen of heaven but i do love this country Me too. i'm actually coming out of an album Called Americana Pay Get it. I'm gonna have raw rap on there. Oh my God. <laughs> but, anyways, you know, the, the thing about this country is yeah, we are citizens of heaven. And wherever God has placed us, we need to be good stewards. We hold the truth and we should be speaking the truth. And when I look around and see the direction that this country is headed, it's heartbreaking. Yep. Because we know the United States of America is made of a bunch of individuals who are on their way to hell and on their way to face God's wrath. That's right. And that's just a sad thing. And we're at the point now where if people aren't aligning themselves with Christ, they're going to fall for every trick in the book. That's right. I just read recently how they got prayer out of school. Here's what's crazy. This might even offend people. But the way that they got prayer out of school is they, you know what they replaced prayer with? Mm. The Pledge of Allegiance. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. They knew that the people who loved prayer, were also patriots. Mm -hmm. And it was so easy for them to make that switch and fool people into thinking that, hey, we'll just level the playing field with everybody. And it's funny because the people who wanted to replace prayer with the Pledge of Allegiance, they hated this country anyway. (laughs) And that's why I said we as Christians, we need to keep our guard up because just because someone... Is conservative doesn't mean they're a Christian, even though if I'm going to go to war, I'm going to bring everybody I can to fight. We can't completely lock arms with people like that. But I do think that when it comes to the way that we vote, the way that we view things and the things that we stand up for, we just need to stand up for people who share biblical values. That's right. You know, and, and whatever that whatever the case may be, whatever can save these lives and give us the opportunity to present the gospel to people.
1: Yeah, as you were saying that, think about why they took God out of school. Think about it. Why do they take prayer out of the schools? Because God is powerful and prayer is powerful and it changes things. You take those things away, you take that power away and then we rely on what? The man wants us to rely on him instead of relying on God. So you take that power source away and then this this is what we get in the end. We get... Sodom and Gomorrah, because they've taken God out of the schools, they've taken him out of the court systems, they've taken him out of all this stuff because God is powerful. You take that away, you got nothing.
0: Oh, that's so true. If the highest thing you can look up and see with the most power is a man, that man will be the guy that dictates everything. And that's right. If you're looking up and the government is the highest authority you see, you're not looking high enough. That's right. You need to look above them and look to the Lord. That's right. And we understand that God is in control. And we understand that God has commissioned the church to go out and make disciples. Part of making disciples is training people in the ways of the Lord. Right. So not only do they become a part of the church, but they also train their minds to view things the way that God views them. Right, And that is the goal here. And that's why we have to say it. We have to speak out against these things because the believers are probably not listening to this podcast, right. but believers are. Yep. And those are the people we need to... Stand up and fight, like you have the power of the Holy Spirit. That's right, we
1: have power. It's been given to us. I mean, it's been given to us. So we, so we, you know, yeah, we need to use. We need to use the Holy Spirit. We need to rely on Him. But this is what this whole great reset is coming to. What they want you to do is the government wants you to rely on them for everything. I mean, where, where were these? Where were these food shortages five years ago? Six years ago. Where were these food shortages? Where were these food shortages ten years ago? Now maybe I wasn't paying attention to the news like I do now, but I never I never really heard about all this stuff. Where you know, I mean, gosh dang, I was just thinking about when I got married stinking twenty four years ago. I think gas was like two bucks, something like that. And wow. I love how people go like this. Oh, well the gas prices are going down. <laughs> no, they're not. They're higher than they've ever been. They're just going down from the high that they're at. I mean, come on. Yeah. That but that's what they want you to believe, Elijah. This is what they this is the kind of stuff that like they'll tell you, hey, well, we're you you see the gas prices going down. It's not it's not six ninety-four anymore, it's five ninety-four. And then you think, oh my I, gosh, it's a dollar cheaper. Yes. But it's five <laughs> ninety-four. All this stuff is fear mongering. Mm, yes. And what does it do? It
0: says that there's something else, some other force some other authority that's in charge and it's not God.
1: You put fear in somebody, boy, they're going to rely on a lot of things. I'm telling you yeah. this, it goes back to the whole COVID thing. Now I'm not I'm not dismissing COVID. Yes, it was a, it was a real thing and it killed people. Yes. What I'm saying is, what are they afraid of? What are people afraid of? I still see people wearing masks and I just don't understand why. <laughs> but um I it see people wearing don't even masks. Work. Yeah. Uh, I see yeah, people wearing I, said it. <laughs> <laughs> I see people wearing these masks and maybe you're just used to it by now. Maybe it's like an accessory, but I just don't get it. But what are they afraid of, Elijah? Think about it. What are they afraid of? Oh, I'm afraid of getting COVID. Okay. No. You know what they're afraid of? What's that? They're afraid of dying. Yeah? They're afraid Absolutely. of dying. And I don't want to get COVID because I'm gonna die. Well, I'm telling you what nothing. And I mean, absolutely. If you're a Christian today and you've put your faith in Jesus Christ alone for salvation, and you are, you are a born again Christian. You have nothing to fear. You, di- you die, you win. Yep, You win. Now I'm not saying that I want to die. I'm praying and I'm rooting for the rapture. I think Woody <laughs> Allen said it one, one time, he said, I'm not afraid to die. I just don't want to be there when it happens. Right. And that's me. I'd rather you be raptured, but nothing is going to happen to you, Christian, until God says something's going to happen to you. When your work is done here, your mansion is finished in heaven, guess what? You're going home. Yep. Whether it's COVID, I don't want to talk about murder or anything, but that's a possibility too. Plane, train, uh, automobile, oh, yeah. uh, all that stuff. If you are going to be taken home, God is going to take you home and nothing is going to stop that day. So There's don't fear. There's time. That's right.
0: And God always keeps his appointments. That's right. He's not surprised when people don't just pop up in, in his presence. And he's like, what are you doing here? Wait a minute. And, and that, that doesn't mean like, you know, we, we're like, oh, we want to die. But, you know, at the end of the day. And we're talking America, about fear, though. We're yeah, talking about fear. Yeah. At the end of the day, judgment will come to this world. Yep. And America will be judged. Whoa. Individuals in America mm-hmm. will be judged. All over the world, people are going to be judged. But if the Lord doesn't come back, in the next 20 years in a direction that we're going, think about what this state of the church is going to be.
1: If it's gonna, there is a church.
0: Yeah. I mean, there'll be a remnant. But when we look like China, where we're hiding and running away from the government, where we won't wear our faith on our shoulders because there's persecution coming to the church. right? And I think right now we're at a very pivotal moment where we could push back a little bit. Yep to at least where the church can be a force to be reckoned with fighting. We shouldn't just surrender and throw up our arms and say, I quit, I give up. Because again, if God doesn't come for a hundred years, our kids are going to grow up in this world of evil. And we want to give them every chance they can to fight the good fight. But regardless of what happens, God is in control. Yep. But again, God doesn't come back for a hundred years. We were spiraling down so fast. Yep. One day this is going to crash and
1: burn. Again, like I said, we've talked about this nation and and being Sodom and Gomorrah and and how sad it's it's happened. It's it's just happened over time, but it's really been sped up this last year with all these these things that are happening. And and like I said, the Great Reset it's it's a real thing. Um, now King Charles, not Prince Charles, King Charles. Oh. He's been a cheerleader for this and Klaus Schwab and the, all those guys that, you know, the, they're having these, the world economic forum, yeah. you know, they're having all this stuff they have these meetings and stuff. And I'm telling you, you guys, it's heading that way. But again, we don't have fear because God is on the throne. He's in control of all things, like we said. So we, as believers, we don't fear. And, and then you're probably saying, then well, why are you doing this podcast? Why does somebody have to say it? Because we still have a voice and we can still make change. We can still help people in this country to to realize that, listen, I'm a proud American. I love this country and it's worth fighting for. And if we don't fight for it and we don't stand up and say it, they're gonna stand up and say it. And like I said, right now, they have a louder voice than we do because they're saying anything they want and we're just screaming. standing by yeah, we're just standing by saying nothing. We're yeah. sitting in we're sitting in the pews every Sunday, just, you know, I love this message and then I'm gonna go home and, and everything's cool and, and, and this and that. Listen we're part of God's army. Yep. I mean, if you really want to look at it, uh, we are in God's army, and we need to make sure that we are fighting for, for like I said, for these children that 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 are being groomed, uh, uh, fight, fighting for these children that are um, being right. aborted. We have to to do these things. So Yeah,
0: and as we wrap up, guys, I know that we talk about a lot of different things in these podcasts. But one thing I want to remind you, as we continue to move forward and advance in these podcasts, we're going to take on some of these subjects and break them down a little bit deeper plenty of time. So this is episode two of Somebody Got to Say It. We want all the smoke, and um, we'll just continue to improve. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next week.
1: God bless you guys.